Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Scooby-Doo and the Beach Beastie. against your last ranking of scary water. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, to be honest. I mean, Amelia, the other one had a very scary face. That's what I really want to impart here. Because honestly, if I'm comparing the two directly, the beach beastie that we see here today has a lot of soft, round lines. It reminds me of some sort of friendly sea dragon, if anything. The fact that this spooky water can yeah. move around and attack people, as opposed to literally <laughs> just being a water feature in front of a Las Vegas hotel. <laughs> I think you're right. Overall, this scary water should be ranked a little bit higher. But I can't remember what I ranked the other scary water, so we will cross that bridge. I think... Unaware. It was anywhere between a three and a five, and I'm leaning towards five. Okay. Because me and Michael Walsh Kelly were mocking you about you, being neither scared. Neither of you were happy about that scary water. About being scared of the Blagio Hotel in Las <laughs> Vegas. You standing in front of it quivering. Oh, I give this town a five. I mean, look, if I'm stuck in the middle of those fountains, and I don't know which one's going to come up next... It's water! I mean, I mean, yeah, but I still don't, I don't want to go into that casino sopping wet because I didn't know where the fountain was. You probably should have, like, I don't know, used your eyes for one second. And, uh, in this scenario, I looked away for one minute and I ended up in the middle of the fountain having to quickly dodge those pillars. Mm -hmm. And that would be a scary situation. It wouldn't be. They're not water that's concentrated so tightly it's like a lightsaber slicing <laughs> through you. You know, I I wasn't prepared to defend that position, Amelia, because I wasn't thinking about the scary water. I was thinking about these fun times we had on the beach today. Th this is the most summer fun I've had in all of 2020, to be blatantly honest. And coming off those last two movies... 
Oh boy, like this is just honestly <laughs> such a breath of fresh summer air. Even if the gang are in Florida. That's unfortunate. But... I think it might just be the effects of having watched subpar hour 20 long feature films and then just slamming back a convenient 22 minutes that really heightens this one. Yeah, I'm not it's saying like... it's not good, I'm just saying it's probably in our hearts and souls shaping up a lot better because of the piss poor run we've had up to this moment. I can see that. You know, it's it's like we had a bunch of, you know, large, bitter drinks at some sort of terrible buffet, and then we just got to, like, slam back a little bit of fruit juice at the end, and it's like, mmm, that fruit juice is so good! By comparison to the bitter, bitter coffee that was frank and creepy, and then the toilet water that was weird <laughs> monster madness. You did not care for that at all. So at first glance in this movie, the first thing we see is an old man with a metal detector on a beach. And I started writing this down under Fred. Because <laughs> for some reason, it just felt very correct that Fred was going to be using a metal detector on the beach. That seemed so in character. I don't think so. I don't think Fred Jones is a metal detector beach person. You sure? I don't think he's sunk that low quite yet. That's That definitely feels like the kind of lazy hippie nonsense that Shaggy would pull out. Yeah. Well, Fred's on that beach playing one-on-one -on -one volleyball. See, it's also <laughs> technology, though. Fred's a big tech head. Well, metal detector is it's not technology. exactly what I would call cutting-edge <laughs> tech. When do you think was the last big innovation in metal detecting? Do you think there was it's like a, a big upswing a, in 2010? No, I think its initial release was its peak. <laughs> And it's been pretty much just breaking even since then. Well, that's what we saw. We saw an old man with a metal detector. Once we got closer, I did realize it was not Fred. Good. I got, yeah, it'd be bad if I still didn't know. I oh, was, Fred, how you've aged. I was a little scared when I noticed he was wearing a red baseball cap. But I had to remind myself that this is still 2015. We are still safe. This is a happy place. Barely. Yeah. Trump would have been campaigning at this point because American oh, elections start two years before the actual fucking election needs to happen. I guess so. Ugh. We're going to start watching Scooby-Doo from Trump's America. That's disturbing. Did you notice Trump's brief appearance in the Animaniacs trailer that I, dropped today? I absolutely did notice As that. a big gross orange cyclops? It looks like they're going to be riffing on the Odyssey. And, uh, I mean, I think they've cast him correctly in that. Animaniacs never shied away from political humor. Because that's what the kids wanted. The kids love it. This old man, he played one. He played Knickknack on my thumb. Okay, can you stop the... talking about this old man? <laughs> I had more to say about the old man. Oh my god, this is at first glance. Oh, what did you have at first glance? Spooky water! Spooky water! Now do the premise, damn it! <laughs> sit here and listen to you knick-knack paddywhack your way through this old fucking man. Alright, I'll just throw you a bone and do the premise. <laughs> Mystery Incorporated head to Florida for another vacation, where they face a shape-shifting sea monster. 
a little shade in the premise today, calling it another vacation. <laughs> well, what do you expect? Two of them are trust fund babies. One of them's got a van. This is a, <laughs> That's this a is, marker of wealth. This is a, no, it's a way to get around. <laughs> oh, okay. It? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> it's not Frank and creepy again. It hasn't exploded. They don't have to take the train to Florida. Did they build train tracks to Florida? I don't even know. It seems so bizarre to me that a train would run through Florida for some reason. I mean, I assume for heavy freight, there are still uses for trains. I'm not saying there's not still uses for trains. For some reason, the thought of them in Florida is yeah. just off-putting to me. I don't know why. But enough about the state that always votes for the Republicans. Let's let's talk about our, our Democratic... Fred. <laughs> Democratically elected leader, <laughs> Fred Jones. <laughs> you think he you think maybe he does hold little elections just so like no one else feels left out, but then they're all just like, just vote for Fred. <laughs> Give him a bright spot, because you know he'll cry if he's not the leader. He gets way into campaigning just amongst the four of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got Velma. That's a swing voter there. But we, we, were, we were setting ourselves so well for a transition to Fred. I'm going to try and stay focused on Beach Beastie. It's hard to when they're in Florida, because all I want to do is bitch about Florida. Well, let's, let's talk about Fred. Because Fred is, throughout this whole episode, on a very specific trap. The gang are meeting up at his house at the very beginning, and there are booby traps everywhere that they have to memorize. They hate going to his house. Because of the booby trap hassle, they're all just like, oh man, couldn't we have just met in my basement? <laughs> now, quick quick aside, you noted that it was very similar to the house that Fred had in Mystery Incorporated. I think inside and outside, it's nearly identical to Mayor Dad Jones's house. Yeah, inside felt very reminiscent. And that's where the gang are. They've all gathered together to let Fred know that he has a problem with nets. This is an intervention. Is it an intervention? I thought it was just them going to his house and someone offhandedly remarks, your net addiction is getting a little worse. And then he tries to justify it until he's finally like, okay, I got a problem. I, I feel like it wasn't a specific intervention. Well, it, it surely became an impromptu one then. Because, you know, we, Fred has a hammock in the living room. This is getting out of hand. Of all the nets that you can have in your house. <laughs> a hammock is probably not the worst one. A hammock is not the worst one. Fishnet stockings are fine. <laughs> you know, it's when you start hiding them behind paintings that are on springs. Yeah. Activated via tripwires that you might have a problem. And Fred is willing to admit that he has a problem. Good for Freddy. Good. This is the first step to recovery, Fred. And they decide to take Fred away from his environment. They take him to this resort in Florida, which unfortunately is filled with nautical-themed nets. And honestly, the full-on collapse that Fred has in this movie by being bombarded with nets is such a fucking great joke. I love how many different nets they were able to bring into this movie. Like, they have, they have the nautical nets. They have the volleyball and badminton nets. They have fishnet stockings. They have a lady named Annette. You're not Annette! No, 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 you're not Annette! 
That's when his mind snaps. It was amazing. This is that clever writing I've been missing in Scooby-Doo. And this is character-driven. This is something from Fred. It's not something that would be from Shaggy. Is it pulling a little too much from Mystery Incorporated? Maybe, but we loved Mystery Incorporated for a reason, so I'll let them have this. I don't know if I'd go as far as Billy and to say that uh, this writing is clever, but it certainly doesn't draw it out in the fucking long takes that we got in Moon Monster Madness. So they are, by default, a thousand times funnier. 22 minutes. It's a good length for Scooby-Doo. Unless you have a script that is spot on (laughs) and not just centered around tropes. This This wasn't centered around tropes. Centered around nets. Exactly. And that thread even comes to a full conclusion where Fred actually has to embrace the net again to catch the monster. And he does this. Not by using a net that's just lying around because they've taken them all away from him. He unspools VHS tapes to weave them into a net. This, I like. I know I personally have probably been on the train of like, ugh, Fred and a net again? That's boring. But unspooling VHS tapes to make a net, that's that MacGyver shit. That's really cool. It's, it's not cool. I know it's not cool. God, no. It's by no way cool. Um, but it's fun. It's very fun. And that's important. Fred's genius plan at the end of this movie is to try and scare off a monster made of Pure water with fire. And I think that's also very indicative of Fred Jones. Yeah. I mean, it's not just Fred. Daphne and Velma went along with that. They assumed Fred knew what he was doing. He, he did not. Maybe, maybe they were thinking to themselves, oh, we're going to evaporate this monster somehow. But he just, like, ran at it like it was Frankenstein's monster <laughs> with a torch. You're, uh, you're two stories behind right now, Fred. The Daphne dilemma. I have yeah. one note for Daphne. She has a Florida uncle. And yes. That is it. Uncle Sandy has invited her and her friends to the Grand Sandy Resort in Florida. We'll talk about him because he's a marvelous character. But again, just expanding Daphne's family with more rich relatives. And I do like that Daphne, even though she realized this place is filled with nets, she actually uses that connection with her uncle to get a lot of the nets taken away, so that Fred can have a nice, pure environment to recover. I probably, if I were Uncle Sandy, would have questioned it a little bit more. Like, you want me to take the, the nets away because your your boyfriends have a nervous breakdown about nets? There's a like, lot of nets. It's a it's, big part of the theming, Daphne. It's not like Freddy's addicted to heroin and yeah. his decorating scheme is that of smack. Like... <laughs> Control yourself, Freddy. Another note I have for Daphne here. Fred kind of goes into one of his catatonic states (laughs) early in this movie. And Daphne has to say, you're going to have to contribute something to the conversation, Fred. Just a good moment of Daphne's ass. I thought that was Velma's sass because she was asking about something helpful. And Fred just has like a trivia note about nets about it, deriving from a German word. And then Velma was just like, 
You've been more helpful in the past, Freddy. I mean, I think they've all, they all kind of dig into Fred throughout this movie, so it's possible that both those moments exist. Daphne also ends this movie by believing in Fred, saying, Fred, I believe in you. No matter what, you can always get a net. Somewhat, you know, uh, lessening the whole purpose of this movie. A little bit. But, you know what? Maybe it wasn't Fred getting over his addiction to nets. It was the gang realizing how important nets are. He's learned to use nets in moderation. And speaking of those pillars of moderation, Shaggy and Scooby. Ugh. These guys just want to tan. They want to go to the beach and tan. But they don't. Scooby gets the hots for a pug. A fucking pug! Admittedly, if he had gotten the hots for, like, another poodle, that would have rung very reminiscent to, uh, like, Swiss Miss. Yeah. That is so distressing in the Richie Rich era. But, I mean, it's, we're following along with Scooby's type is very small dogs. A pug! Oh, the Earth's ugliest dog. Have some standards, in, Scooby. In the 1970s, we had Scooby-Dee, we had Ruby-Doo, we had Mama-Doo, and I know those, those were all relatives, but why can't we have female Great Danes nowadays? Why can't Scooby fall in love with a dog of his own breed? Because the thing about animation studios is they're like, oh, hey, we have these characters that are both the same, you know, species. We need to make sure that one of them is very clearly a male and one of them is very clearly a female. Yeah. And how do we do that if not by making the female freakishly small compared to the male? I don't want to think about these two fucking going at it doggy style. That's going to be bad for her back, Scooby. Yeah, it, it, it was a flag for this movie. It was something I worried about a little bit. But I mean, I like the way that they ended up Doing it? Not doing it, but like doing it. And I'm, I've got myself into a hole here. Um, a doing it hole. For. Kinky. <laughs> not recommended on the beach. Scooby is so infatuated with this dog, he doesn't want to eat a Scooby snack. And Shaggy has to convince him, would you eat a Scooby snack for two Scooby snacks? And then he feeds those two Scooby snacks to his little pug girlfriend. To Shaggy's horror. Yeah, Shaggy is jealous of Scooby, and I can't tell if he's, like, jealous that his friend is now interested in someone besides him, or if he's just, like, disgusted by the idea of love in general, because you kind of get that feeling at points. Well, you know what? Where it's like, Shaggy's totally aromantic. We, we have seen Scooby being very, like, jealous and pissy whenever Shaggy was in a relationship. So now this is Shaggy being the other half of that coin. Being like, well... Which we saw with Nova. We've already got this. Yep. Yep. Well, and like, consistency. What about in The Reluctant Werewolf when Shaggy was dating Googie? Scooby I can't had, remember how Scooby felt about Googie. Scooby seemed to have no strong feelings against Googie. But, I mean, also, Googie just sort of appeared in that narrative. We don't know what the beginning stages of that relationship was. Uh, a note for Shaggy. His voice is not great here. Is this the beginning of Matthew Lillard's self-proclaimed lazy Shaggy voice period? I didn't notice it particularly. he has gone on record himself saying that he's gotten lazy with the voice. Yeah, well, I mean, considering he used to, like, sit in his van and 
scream in order to get that voice working. Well, then you're not a good voice actor. <laughs> Frank Welker didn't have to go live with a colony of monkeys to get his Abu voice correct. No. So maybe if you have to sit in your van and chain smoke a hundred cigarettes and then scream, <laughs> you're not meant to be a voice actor. Two quotes from Shaggy I want to bring to light in this episode. The first one, Why does it always have to be the one thing I'm afraid of? Scary things! Kind of funny, right? Kind of a funny line. I suppose, if not a little predictable. The second one is, Shrimps is like clues. <laughs> Shrimps is like clues! Shrimps is like clues! There's our next piece of merch that we'll never Hashtag <laughs> Shrimps is like clues. He eats those shrimps by the handful. Tail and all. Which is truly the most barbaric way you can eat a shrimp. I will eat the tail of a fried shrimp. But to me, the frying process is important for that. Why? Because the tempura coating on the actual meat has, like, tricked you into thinking the tail is the same? Maybe that, or just, like, everything is supposed to be crunchy, or, like... Or that the tail is... it has less structural integrity. The frying process has made it more fragile in my mouth. I feel like I would have to work harder to eat a raw shrimp tail. I would have to work the hardest of all. Can't stand getting a piece of shellfish shell in my mouth. Mm -hmm. It's awful. It, it brings back too many memories of a time I ate an escargot that was still full of sand. Oh, that's not good. So I can no longer eat escargots. That's off the table completely. And now anything involving the sea that gets any a little too crunchy for Amelia, I'm immediately flashed back to that mouthful of sand that so distressed me. That's why you wouldn't need that bowl of sand I gave you either. Well, yeah. There are now okay, we were we were bashing the romance between Scooby and this dog, and, and sort of bashing them in general. But there are good moments for both Shaggy and Scooby in this. For Scooby, he steps up and is brave to protect others, to protect that little dog. Shaggy. Shaggy, because he has a pity party with a married woman, who I then assume he hooks up with. Wasn't, I, th wasn't there mention of a handy happening at one point? I think <laughs> not in the Shaggy, film. Shaggy got a hand job, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't know if that's correct. Well, then where did I hear the word handy? Actually... Really? I didn't write down it. I, this is, re I'm remembering this, but I feel like it was just something you, in fact, said. No, Shaggy has, like, a coupon for Sandy. Oh, yes! Sandy, handy shrimp shack or something. I don't know. That, okay. And that you know, is 100% right. You're gonna go to the shrimp shop and get a handy while you're there. Why didn't I write that down? Did I just assume you wrote it down? Because I made the hilarious joke. That he was getting a hand job, so nothing you could write could talk about. Yeah, that. okay. I mean, unfortunately, since I didn't write it down, it erased my memory of it. But when you brought up the coupon, the coupon was important. I was going to say that that Shaggy actually rescued that little dog later, so he also stepped up on Scooby's behalf. And crucially important, he was helpful to the gang. I don't believe you. Fred, Daphne, and Velma were on their way down a lazy river ride, running away from the monster, and Shaggy leans over a bridge and pulls them up. 
Shaggy is contributing! I don't Isn't that amazing? I don't believe you. They wrote a Shaggy that you would want in Mystery Incorporated. Fantastic. The Velma Vision. When Scooby starts sniffing that lady dog's ass without doing so much as buying her a drink, Velma says dogs are such dogs. And Great observation. She is against both dogs and men in this instance. Which is just fabulous. That's very much your brand. <laughs> it's just, you know, if you're going to put your nose in a lady's ass, the least you can do is buy her a drink first. That's what I always say. I wrote down that Velma was the only one to think about where the stream of water is coming from. They're being attacked by this water monster, and it very clearly is leaving like a trail of water back to the ocean. Velma thinks to close the hotel doors and cut it off from its source. That was great thinking. On the contrary, an example of poor thinking is when she touched something sticky she found at the resort. Uh, yeah, isn't she, like, at the really sleazy man's resort, and she's, like, investigating, and she finds a sticky substance on the ground. Yeah. And it's like, you're really just gonna put your hand in a white substance you find on the floor of a sleazy discotheque? Rubs it between her fingers in a way I do not care for. Yep. That's definitely semen I've found. <laughs> she also, as we learn in this movie, can appraise diamonds and jewelry just quickly by sight because they've dealt with so many jewel thieves in the past. You need magnification to tell a fake jewel. Maybe there are some bigger clues. Maybe this was a very obvious fake jewel. And just the, the lady who owned it is just very unobservant. Maybe she has those magnifiers built into her glasses like bifocals. <laughs> you know, re regular seeing like at top, diamond appraising below. Of course, yes. You, that's a standard bifocal combination. Who wouldn't go to the optometrist and ask <laughs> for such a thing? Minor mentions? Yeah, so back to the old man. Oh my god. He finds a ring on the beach, but that's never really brought up again. Uh, that's what the monster attacks him for. Monsters stealing jewels. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm personally... Okay, yeah, I very, don't know why I didn't put that together. I'm personally very glad that this metal detector dude on the beach is killed right away by that monster. Don't be the metal detector guy at the beach. Don't be that guy! You really have it against that guy? Yes, I do. I won't be that guy. Um, the minor mention I want to talk the most about is obviously Uncle Sandy. This hotel's name is Sandy, and my name is Sandy. What a coincidence! He'd never thought of it. This character is voiced by Adam West. Because of course. Of course! I... Do you have a crazy eccentric old man character? It's Adam West. I feel like maybe I knew this when I looked up his involvement, like, back when Adam West died. But I had completely forgotten about it, so Adam West being in this movie was a total surprise, a total delight. And he just keeps taunting Fred with all these nets. You know, he's telling him about the problems at the resort that the there's a problem with the wireless internet. That net profits are down. And that someone is supposed to come to film a special for the network. Fred's freaking out. Seems like you're a bad businessman. You can't even get your Wi-Fi working? I'm not going to that hotel. He does put a lot of faith in his niece, though. 
because uh, apparently this was the third <laughs> appearance of the water monster, and he thinks, let me just invite my niece down. She solves mystery. You know what? Now that I say it out loud, it's not admirable. That's like say, oh, uh, my nephew's good with computers. Maybe he can figure this out. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah. Get, get to hire someone for this. Don't just count on family. Because he doesn't even tell her, like, hey, hey, come and solve this mystery for me. He's like, hey, come for a vacation. Okay, now that you're here, I have a mystery. Can you just solve this real quick? Had he invited her for this vacation recently, or has this been a long-standing invitation that she's just never taken him up on? Because she's like, ew, I don't want to go to Florida. <laughs> and he, he's just spent months with more and more monster attacks. Facebook poking her, being like, you really can, anytime you want. Anytime, that'd be great. He has a VCR and a tube television on yes. one of the classroom carts at the ready to wheel out onto the beach during luau's to teach people limbo. May I remind you it's 2015? I'm I'm more shocked that he pushes it out onto On the beach sand. to teach people limbo <laughs> at his crappy little luau's. It's that don't even make also, sense because this is Florida, not Hawaii. You need a tape to teach you how to limbo? Just lean back. Well, <laughs> Isn't that all there is to it? People need to know that limbo is no longer the leading cause of whooping cough, as the VHS so proclaims. It's an old VHS. <laughs> Useless now. What's he going to do now that Fred has destroyed that VHS? No limbo here. Very sad. I admire Uncle Sandy because he gives Mystery Incorporated everything they need to solve this mystery. He lays out uh, who the suspects might be, what their motivations are. And he even includes himself. He's like, and you know what? I might have been doing it for the insurance money. You might want to check that out. Gutsy move. Yeah. Imagine if he was the villain. You know what, though? That would be great. <laughs> I just like that he's like, I have nothing to hide. But please, like, that is a possibility. If you could eliminate it for the insurance company, that would be great. Uh, there's the owner of the hotel right beside Uncle Sandy's. I didn't catch his name. He's very sleazy, though. He loves disco. Yes, and I looked him up because I super knew his voice. He has a water technics show that includes sea creatures made out of water. Now, where have we seen that up to this point? <laughs> right, it was... Only the villain. Like, it's so unsubtle. Why it's did they very much it like, yeah, like that? This is how it's done, everybody. I'm... I... I didn't hate it, mainly because it wasn't, if it had been him, that would have been way too obvious. Like, that would have been a hair-flipping moment. But I had a feeling it wasn't him, so that was just more an ambiguous, look, here is how it's actually being accomplished, if you want to figure that out on your, on your own. No, it's, it's, I didn't, I didn't like it. Here's a picture of a sea monster that you've seen attacking you. Out of the sea. There you go. All mystery gone. This isn't actually Poseidon seeking his revenge on the residents of Florida, as he rightly should. <laughs> this is... Like, we didn't even get an ambiguous, like, oh, our water show is broken. It's not going on right now. And then right. Velma being like, well, I'll look into the company that does his water show. It's just flat out, oh, here that's is true. the water show. That's true, and there was then that van of, like, here's how that's getting her picked. That van was too much. 
Uh, that character, by the way, the skeezy owner, is named Kurt, and he was voiced by Darren Norris. Of course he's named Kurt. Yes, but Darren Norris, I knew I recognized his voice. He's Mr. Turner in The Fairly Odd Parents. Dinkleberg. 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 And uh, last but not least are Kiki and Grafton Brownstone with their dog, the pug, Shauna. Shauna. Why did Shauna wink when her owners kissed? I don't know. And I don't like it. Like, I think maybe it was like, hey, you and I could kiss later. But it kind of came off as like, hey, you want to come join the three of us? Yeah, it kind of felt like she's winking like, oh, I'm just going to go have at it with these two and then I'll meet up with you later. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like. There's... It was it was a weird bringing them into this relationship. Kiki has had some serious work done to her face if her cheekbones are anything <laughs> to go by. She has a terrible voice, but she seems like a fine woman. Seems yeah. very kind. She goes to comfort Shaggy when he's crying on the beach cuz the Scooby has abandoned him. I loved her scene, and I legitimately loved how she was feeling abandoned by her husband. She actually had some real emotional drama going on. Like, that added some actual weight to, spoilers, her husband going off and doing crimes. You know, because when you're doing crimes, you're not focused on your regular life as much. So some things are slipping through the cracks. And that felt very realistic and good to me. She is terrible to her dog, though. Shauna is abandoned all the time left behind during monster attacks, and just dropped from Kiki's arms whenever Kiki wants to put something else in her arms. Imagine you go to a resort, and then you let your dog run off, and you're like, oh, it's okay, my dog will go play with that other dog that's over there, and I'll just leave. I'll just run for my life from this monster, this small pug yeah. can fend My dog's herself. not lost, it's not alone, it's being watched by that other bigger dog. <laughs> Do you want packs? Because that's how you get packs. <laughs> anyway, on to our villain. The beach beastie itself. Did it have any lore or mythology? Is it indeed Poseidon come for some sort of aquatic revenge? Shaggy wanted to call it Aquazilla. Oh, it was a pirate? Ghost of a pirate or something? Oh, yes. That, sorry, I, I've, I've written these down in different order. But yeah, there is some lore. Uncle Sandy thought it might have been the ghost of Malcolm LaRouge, who uh, he originally buried his prized jewels on this island. But then the locals dug up his jewels and sunk his ship with him on it. I don't know why, but that's really funny. <laughs> What the, And you know what? It's a lesson to all you pirates out there. It's why you bury your jewels on abandoned islands. <laughs> Deserted. You keep your jewels with you and just fucking spend them. It's all this burying garbage. It's not like it's going to incur interest in the sand. Yeah. Dumbass pirates. I'd be such a better pirate. You'd be great pirate. So this water spirit, I would describe it as being dragon-like and it is shape-shifting. There's a part when it comes into the hotel and it, it has, like, the form of a shark and then an eel or, and a hydra. Hydra comes in because it seems to have multiple heads at one point. Uh, we know it's a water monster. 
but it does seem to have something solid at its core. We don't know that until, like, the final confrontation. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot, I would say a little before the final confrontation, there is a lot of sort of forecasting in this movie. I don't hate that. The solid form in the center of it is Grafton Brownstone. And he's doing all this to steal jewels, but not because he's a jewel thief. He's doing this because his wife wears a very large multi-million dollar diamond necklace around her neck. Years ago, when his company was in trouble, the ones that make these, like, weirdo water-controlling suits, FYI, years ago when it was in trouble, he had to take his wife's diamond necklace and sell it, and had to replace it with a cheap fake, and now he just wants to take that necklace back before she realizes it's a fake, and he's using other jewel thefts to cover the theft of this one jewel. Sit down and have a conversation with your partner about your finances, about your relationship, about your kinks, about bringing your dog into your bedroom. Don't do that, folks. There's laws protecting that dog. Let your partner know about your kinks so that they can leave you. <laughs> it's best that this happens soon. Now, I would not call bestiality a kink. Neither would I. That Maybe furry is as far as you can get into that kink. Honestly, that whole section where I was talking kind of got away from me. Furries are fine. Furries are great. They do good work out there. I don't know. Let's not go crazy. Let's just not go into the category of, of classifying bestiality if as If they kink. vote for Biden, they're great. That's my bar right now. <laughs> <laughs> His wife doesn't care that the necklace is fake, though. No, that's, that's why you just need to have a conversation. She was like, I wasn't going to leave you. Like, if you had just talked to her years ago when you guys were in trouble, A, she probably would have offered the idea to mortgage the company for some extra cash right away. Mm -hmm. But she probably would have given up that necklace, no problem. Yeah, and it's like, it just seems a really roundabout way to do it. Stage a, stage a simple burglary. Oh, someone broke into the hotel room and took your diamond necklace. Oh, no. Like, I'm not saying to lie, but if you're gonna lie, you went with a really big one. Get that her? involved you becoming a water monster. Here, even simpler. Get her real drunk at the bar. Okay, get a little tipsy yourself so that, like, when hotel staff see you stumbling around the hotel, mm -hmm. oh, they were both drunk. When she wakes up in the morning after having taken off her necklace, putting it on the bedside stand, and then you swiping it off the bedside stand, she wakes up with a hangover, probably doesn't even realize it's missing at first, yeah. until, like, half a day later when she's like, oh, no, where's my necklace? And then you can just be like, well, you were really pounding back those Mai Tais. I can't quite remember, honey. Feasibility. No. No. It's a suit that somehow controls water via electromagnetic pulses or some garbage. How is no one recognizing that this is literally the prop from the show next door? Terror scale. This is scarier than scary water. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, Billy. Anything is scarier than scary water. You remember how viciously you were mocked for I scary do. water? I remember how viciously I was mocked. I remember the pain. <laughs> I remember the, the ganging up on me. I do feel like people are a little too scared of this thing, to be honest. It is still just water. It does. I'm going to say this. 
I like how it thematically means that Fred can't use his nets. That the nets just pass right through it. So in that way, it was the perfect monster for this episode. Yes, and it is something that we have never seen before. And I do enjoy the look of it, and a shapeshifter is always very interesting. Points, extra points for originality from me. I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I'm going to go to a seven, which is about a five for you. So, <laughs> I think that works. Do you have any general thoughts or feelings? Yes. In this episode, we get a dedicated scene with the gang talking about the case. Yes, yes, yes. I have talked about this before. I love those scenes of the gang talking about what we know. What, what, who are we suspecting collectively? Let's put together our little murder board. I fucking love it. The best Scooby-Doo stories have it. Can you call it a mystery board? It can't always be a I murder just, board. Murder board is what I call it. If You're right. It would be a murder. Mis- it would be a mystery board. But it's great. I love those scenes. I was so excited to have it here. It it really, they show up in the good ones. Let's do a verdict. Is this, coming right off Frankengreefy and Moon Monster Madness, a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? This is a Scooby-Doo. Pleasant surprise. Maybe we're being a little kinder to it in the context of not having liked the last two movies at all. But I think it stands on its own as a solid 22 minutes of uh, Fred trying to beat his heroin addiction. The net jokes (laughs) are great. That whole plot line I'm absolutely in love with. And I really liked that scene of Shaggy and the other man's wife. Kiki. Kiki. I liked the Shaggy and Kiki scene. This gets a strong Scooby-Doo for me. I kind of want to go absolutely, but I think that might just be a momentum thing. That might just be me coming off a rebound. So I'll probably give this one a very strong Scooby-Doo. Coming up next is the Kiss movie. So we're going to plummet right back into the depths of Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. Spoilers! (laughs) I haven't even seen it yet, but fuck Gene Simmons. Going from Adam West to Gene Simmons? It's just not fair. Why? This was such a delight, though. This was such a short and sweet delight. My god, I I loved Beach Beastie. Listeners, if you liked it, let us know. We can both be found on Twitter. I am at TheBillySeaguire. Amelia is at FatalAmelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. You can also find all our 420 episodes before this one streaming on our WordPress, Tumblr, or YouTube, all under Scooby Doos or Scooby Don'ts. We have a Patreon if you'd like to pledge, and you can check out my own YouTube channel, Fatal Amelia, for other spooky-related stuff. Cause Halloween's a-comin', it's a-comin' for you. And on that note, that's it, from scooby dooby Us. Are you doing a bit right now? I, maybe? I don't know, I kinda just started it, and I thought it would be a fun way to wrap up. What do you think? To Scooby-Dooby you. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a horse.